needs a union? Why, why union? Don't talk union. We're not talking union ever, right? <laughs> How many of you heard those comments? I'll bet you've been in HR for a while. You would tell somebody, I have spent my entire career trying to prevent unions. And I'm not even sure that's healthy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I, I have to laugh because, you know, there was a time and a place for unions. And unions, actually, I mean, they solved a lot of problems. But I am not a union expert. I, In fact, I, you know, to be truthful, for those of you who don't know me very well, um, I have never worked with a client who's been unionized. So since I am not the expert, I surround myself with people who are so much better at these topics. And one of them is here today. And if you've been watching the show for the last few years, you know that it's like me getting the band back together. There's only one person missing. And today it's Carl Ulrich with me from Shil- um, Sibley, Shilato and Dyer. See, this is what happens when I talk too fast. <laughs> This you is, got it. <laughs> there's no vodka well. on the table. You did well. It's just me talking to you. It's bad. a challenge, but you did well. <laughs> it's great to be here. Thanks, Pandy. And you, wore, you, you even wore a big suit. I thought maybe you would dress down a little bit because it was a podcast. Well, I, you know, I just had to wear a tie. I mean, I, I you know, I, I can't do these without wearing a tie and, and feeling official. So I've got to wear the uniform at times. But normally when I'm in the office these days, it's it's a little more... It's a little more dressed down. Did you realize that we've been doing these shows? Well, we started like five years ago. Yeah, it's hard to imagine. It's been five years, hasn't it? Uh, I was actually going through the library the other day, and I looked at some of them and thought, oh my gosh, I've had 15 different hairstyles. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't changed at all. Oh, (laughs) I'm sure I have. I'm sure I look a lot younger five years ago than I do now. Approximately five years younger, actually. It's a state of mind. Yeah, I guess that's right. That's right. But I always come to you when I hear the word union. Mm. You're my you're my go-to person when it comes to unions. Well, thank you. Yeah, but what what's going on right now? It's a it's a very strange time because historically long term we've seen a real significant downturn in union activity, union representation, but within the last actually year, and I think it's to some extent pandemic related, we could talk about that a little bit, but you've, uh, in the first half of this year, you've seen a significant uptick in organizing activity as measured by the number of what we call our petitions filed with the National Labor Relations Board. And our petition is a, a petition for representation. So a union will file a petition with the labor board to become officially recognized. And, uh, and I think that's the, uh, that's the biggest difference we're seeing is in the first half of the year, uh, we've, we've, had a, we've had a run on union petitions. And uh, in contrast to fiscal year 2021, which was very low, the numbers were very low uh, historically. Uh, so, it, you know, it, it rises and falls, as we've seen over the past 10 years in particular. But um, this past year has been, at least the first half of this year has been unique, I would say. Well, this Gallup report that I pulled it says that there's, it's a 68% approval rating for unions. That's really interesting to me. Um, and it, it, and it's, that's unusually high, I think. Uh, again, historically high. And I think partly pandemic-related. 
you know, pe- uh, employers are struggling for workers. Uh, working conditions suffer when you've got people working long hours, and and employers are struggling to meet quotas and demand, and and all of that. All of those conditions are are challenging. So uh, I think um, you know, I think disaffection becomes more of an issue uh, with your employees during those those periods. So I think. I think overall that may be a reflection of, of what's happening in the economy generally as a result to some degree, I think, of the pandemic. It's hard to know whether that's going to be sustained or whether we're going to see a fall off more to historical norms uh, after a period of time. Well, and it's interesting because my argument has always been, yes, unions were needed when they were first organized. I mean, God knows everybody hates those stories of what was going on with child labor and, and the abuse and the sweat houses and all those kind of things. So, But all these government programs have been put into place and we've got all these laws and restrictions and now it's even harder for an employer to try to navigate through all those that's why you and I have jobs but so why union now why what is the attraction towards a union you know it's really interesting to me if you go back and you take a look at some of the most high profile union organizing campaigns over the past year or so you're going to see them in places like Amazon yes places like Starbucks yes McDonald's Chipotle these are uh, these are organizations that probably have been most effective, both positively and negatively in some ways, by the, the pandemic, by the, the, uh, the, dis, you know, the, the, the upheaval that has been created by the last two and a half years. Um, so I think to some degree, uh, those are the organizations that are struggling perhaps most significantly with, with labor issues. Uh, I, again, I don't know that it's I don't know that it's across the economy as much as it is in selected industries. That seems to be the case, but again, it's it's very early to tell. So you know, if this if this uptick continues over the next two or three years, I think we're beginning you you'll be able to identify a better trend long term. Uh, we may still just be looking at a temporary. Uh, uptick in union activity until things calm down in the economy a little bit. Well, and the Biden administration is very, very much pro-union. The micro-unions, uh, the whole ball of wax there, the pro-act, all that, they're, they're, they're going to do everything they can to keep that and encourage those programs. So we may be stuck here for a while. It's possible, uh, very possible. Uh, there are a lot of political reasons for that, as, as we all know. And uh, uh, you know, organized labor has always been a strong uh, vote getter for for the Democratic Party in particular. So, so that's certainly a political play, a political calculus. I'm sure that uh, the Biden administration is weighing. But, but I think there's also a philosophical difference there too. I think my sense is that the Biden administration overall tends to look at organized labor as a uh, as a hedge, as a guarantee against um, uh, economic downturn, against, you know, to, to protect workers' rights. I think there is a philosophical basis for it, not just a political calculus. Having said that, um, you know, I think I think you're right about, uh, you know, the, the, the response we've seen to union activity has been legislating other things, you know, outside of the union context to... Uh, regulate employment. So you have things like, you know, from the 90s, Americans with Disabilities Act, you have the Family and Medical Leave Act, you have a lot of uh, pro-employee uh, legislation that is 
cropped up over the past 20, 25 years that outside of the union context, which has done some of the same things that unions had traditionally done. And so I think some of that is, is weighing on the union um, uh, activity historically. Uh, but again, what we've got now, again, I think, is a really unique set of factors. We've got, a, we've got an economy that is still trying to, trying to find some kind of sense of stability. Uh, we've got an uh, incredible need for labor. We've got a, a strong demand, unfulfilled demand. Uh, and we have upward pressure on prices, on prices and on wages. And why would you, you know, why, you wouldn't think that a union would be would be uh, in demand when wages are increasing. But it's not so much about wages anymore. It's about working conditions. It's about long hours. It's about a lot of other things apart from compensation. I think that drives folks to to seek organization. So. Uh, Again, I, I think we have to be careful not to draw too much from the short-term statistics we're seeing the first half of 2022, uh, because we're going to, you know, it'll be as I said before, it'll be very interesting to see if we can, if if union organizing activities is sustained over time as things begin to sort of steady up a little bit uh, in the in the economy generally. Well, you know, I love your stories. You know, I, I learn from your stories. <laughs> And, and, and I told my viewers when we started this podcast that I was going to try everything possible to bring them real world situations and help them better understand how to work through them. And it's kind of my, what were they thinking look or, or, or statement. So what can you give me in regards to a real world situation of union? Great question. So one of the, one of the, um, uh, lessons that I've learned over time is that communication is key uh, between labor and management. And as long as you keep those communication lines open frequently, you can avoid employees seeking outside assistance, either from an attorney or from a labor union. A classic example of that going back was a situation where I, you know, the company was laying off some workforce uh, because of uh, um loss in demand, they had a, a lost a major customer. And so when they communicated with their employees, uh, they didn't explain the circumstances. They didn't provide the employees with an understanding of the circumstances leading to the downturn, leading to the, the downsizing. Uh, it was a missed opportunity in my view. Uh, now, I'm sure none of the employees are going to be happy with it regardless, but the fact that they were let go without an explanation, essentially told, here are your walking papers, here's your severance, thank you very much for your 25 years of service, without explaining why this was happening, it's a missed opportunity. And what that does is that it sets the employees up for um, uncertainty. They want to find out what's going on, so they naturally go to one place. They go to outside assistance, and that's either a labor union or it's an attorney. And I think that that type of um, scenario has played out over and over again. And as I said, I think um, the moral lesson here, the real lesson here, is communication is key. And uh, uh, as long as you keep those communication lines open, I think you can you can. Uh, uh, manage most of those issues much more effectively without uh, a union. Carl, Carl, you're talking like an attorney. No, let's go, let's go even deeper. Look, uh, viewers or listeners, for crying out loud, did you hear what he just said? If you're not communicating, but he also said communicate transparency. What, 
have none of those, did none of those people read Simon Semenik's book, Start With the Why? Yeah. I mean, come on, we're, this is so basic. What were they thinking that they thought nobody was going to care that they could just throw, and again, I understand it's a difficult situation and, and management teams always struggle with bad news, right? They, they, we, we have said on the show over and over again, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's just a part of of being in a management position, a leadership position, an HR position, you're going to be put into uncomfortable situations. But how much did that cost them? Uh, well, a lot more than it probably should have. Accountability and transparency are critical. And you're, you said it absolutely right. It's a, it's, a, it's a fairly simple idea. It's not, it's not rocket science. And, uh, and, and what were they thinking? But again, they struggle with bad news. It's difficult to tell people, look, we lost a major customer. It's difficult to tell people that we're going to be, you know, uh, experiencing some financial challenges over the next couple of years. It's easier just to say, here's your severance, see you around. How would they like it? <laughs> Seriously, how would they have liked it if somebody had done that to them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it cost them attorney fees. It did. Not that I'm complaining. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. That's why you're dressed that's, so nice. That's why I'm that's dressed why. so nice. <laughs> that's why I have a job, as you said earlier. <laughs> it's, you know, again, we have said it over and over and over on this show. It, being in HR or human resources is not easy. It is not easy. And, and it, they have to tell their management some tough, difficult things sometimes. And if they had an HR person or someone responsible for that role, they should have been in front of that group saying, okay, slow down. Mm -hmm. Let's think this through. Because not only did they upset the people, but they just skewed or damaged their reputation. And any culture that they want for the remaining employees or any in the future. I mean, is that, is that your assumption? Absolutely correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it isn't just about people they're talking to it's the people they're going to be talking to it's not just the people they let go but it's the people they're going to be hiring later on what are the messages that they're sending to the future employees the future culture of the of the organization so uh, it, it goes back to the culture and the management style and i think uh as long as communication is is closely guarded but but transparent, I think you can forestall a lot of difficulties. You can prevent a lot of disputes and a, a lot of uh, issues like potentially uh, an organizing campaign. If you think by any chance that you need more training, you, your management team, anyone uh, that's in a leadership role that might make this kind of mistake, Sibylle, Shilato, and Dyer, call Carl Ulrich, tell him you saw him on the show or that you heard the podcast. My name is Pandy Pridemore with the Human Resource, and I recommend Carl Ulrich. Thanks, Pandy. Hope to see you again. Come listen to us.